You know you're getting older when you go to bed at like 9.45 on a Saturday night and you're happy about it. You're actually kind of wishing you would have got to bed earlier. Give me another couple of years and I'll be tottering around in old slippers and striped pajamas with a robe. So. I'll have a little, get a little fez and a little pipe. Uh, it was so glorious, actually. I, I still slept in until the last, absolute last minute until I had to get ready for church this morning, but it was wonderful. I actually feel like a living, breathing person this morning for the first time in a long time. Um, so, Colossians 1. Um, Colossians is such a great book. It's one of my favorites. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but um, uh, I kind of have like those little go-to books that's like, I don't know where I'm going to read. I want to read that book again. And Colossians is one of those books for me. I really enjoy it. And uh, it's a blessing. So I'll just start in, in one one. Uh, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ, which are Colossae, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and the love which you have to all the saints, excuse me, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you have heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. So, I like how he, he starts this chapter out talking about hope. And so he talks about this, this hope which is laid up for you in heaven, which is, uh, is, a, is a precious thought because, of course, um, one, of the, one of the central things about, um, about Christianity is uh, what happens when you die. And so we all start out with this hope then of of heaven and uh, um, you know and of course the the journey between here and there is a blessing and there there's some some uh, some mountain peaks and some valleys uh, and uh and so sometimes you know you look around and think wow we get all this and heaven it's like awesome and then we look around sometimes and we think we get at least we get heaven. So years and years and years ago, uh, when Mike and I first started out our business, uh we were working on this job and uh we were doing a bunch of uh stain and lacquer woodwork clear out in Junction City and we were spending forty dollars a day to drive out there and back. So uh, we were working long days trying to cut down on the amount of trips we had to take. And so we're, you know, this house is just saturated. This is just this fog of, of fumes in the air. I mean, you know, it's like the, uh, the slightest spark would have just sent the whole house up. And, uh, um, you know, it's getting late. 
filters are running low. There are little carbon filters that keep you from getting high while you're spraying all this uh, fun stuff. And uh, my filters had kind of ceased to, to function. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm just spraying along, you know, just because my muscles know what they're doing, even though my brain is getting really loopy. And and I was I was thinking about just how great life is. And you know, actually life is pretty tough at the moment, but I was just thinking about how wonderful life was through the fog of feeling a little messed up and and uh <laughs> I turned to Mike and I was like, Just think, man, we get all this in heaven too. <laughs> and <laughs> and he looked at me like What? <laughs> he looked at me like I had lobsters coming out of my ears, you know, and the funny thing was, was I was being totally serious too. I was like as sincere as could be. It's like, man, isn't this just the best thing ever? So. But you know, but no, we have this this hope then, which is is laid up for us in heaven. Um, you know, and hope is a great word. I know I've talked about this before, but you know, the thing about hope is, uh, you know, we we've totally changed the way that we use the word hope over the centuries, it doesn't mean what it used to mean. You know, I mean, the King James translation is 400 years old, and the word hope means something entirely different now in English than it did then. Um, because, of course, nowadays we use hope as this sort of wishy-washy... Now, I learned in school that you're not supposed to use a word to define a word, but we use hope as this wishy-washy hope that that this is all going to work out okay. Hope is a very, in, in our modern uh, usage of the word, is a very tenuous, uncertain thing. Um, but this word, but back when they translated the, the King James, uh, and, um, and I think back just, that's kind of how they use the word in, in the Greek as well. Uh, it's the, the word elpis in, in Greek. Uh, it means a confident expectation. Uh, and of something good, of course. And and so very much goes along with, with with uh with what faith is. Because faith is this confident expectation of good. You know, because doubt of course would expect something bad. So they're both an expectation, but um, you know, uh, I, I've had days where I, I thought I just hope to make it to heaven by the skin of my teeth, which is an interesting phrase because I don't know about you, but I have no skin on my teeth. Um, never have that I'm aware of, but uh, um, except maybe at KFC, but. Um, um, but um, you know, but the, that's the thing is this you know making it through the pearly gates is not such a tenuous, uncertain thing. I mean, obviously you can you could make choices to bypass the things that, that God wants for your life, and you can you can walk away from Him and, and just toss it all away and and not make it, but. Uh, but God is a faithful God, you know, and and I I have seen over the years I've seen Him just swoop in and 
rescue people at the last minute. And, um, but the sense of hope is a, is a really precious thing. Um, no, and, uh, there's this old Jewish thing. I don't, I don't really know. I read about somewhere that I thought was interesting where it's kind of a, kind of a fable-y type thing, but they say when you, when you get, when you get there, when you get to, to heaven, uh, then the angels are going to ask you if you lived with hope. I thought, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, I mean, did you live with a sense of confident expectation that that God was going to to do you good? Because if you did, then life's going to be a lot better than expecting that He's you know the cosmic policeman waiting behind the 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 billboard just waiting to bust you. Because that that's that's not hope. That that's that's an ex that's doubt. That's an expectation of, of bad. I, I remember this this kid once. It's like was complaining at at being uh, always being uh, blamed for for things that uh, that happened around the house. He's like, "Why are you always blaming me?" And he's like, "Because you're always guilty," you know. And so, if we if we have that mindset of you know, or you know, if we live that kind of life where we're always guilty, pushing the rules and breaking the the rules and stuff, then of course you're you're going to live with this sense of God is just waiting to bust me, and that's called conviction. And and uh, nothing like uh, the Holy Ghost clearing His throat at you, uh, and uh, to, uh, to help you get back on the right path, but. But hope is a precious thing because you can look at your life today and think, man, this is just such a wreck. You know, and you can look at yourself and think, man, I'm just such a wreck. Or, you know, there's there's this thing in my life that I'm just wrestling and wrestling and wrestling with and and yet you can have hope. You know, have this hope that, you know, I've got God knows how to fix stuff. Because I was just thinking yesterday about um, just looked. I just kind of took this look back at my life over the last, I don't know, ten, twelve years or so, and was just thinking, "Wow, God really does fix stuff, and He really does change us from one thing to the next." And the things that seemed insurmountable ten years ago is is ash now, you know. That's and long gone, you know. And and so that's what God does, and that's that's part of that hope that we have. So He says, uh, for the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel, which has come to you as it is in all the world, and brings forth fruit as it does also in you since the day you heard it, and knew the grace of God and truth. So that's a. A precious indicator then it's like so so is this it, can I see this bringing forth fruit in me should be bringing forth fruit in me and uh and if we if we can honestly look at our life and not not with a critical eye of I'm sure I'm going to find something wrong, but if we can look at our life and and say, well, actually, I don't see I don't see any growth, I don't see any change, I don't see any kind of Fruit that I could point to, then then that's something that we want to take back to the Lord and say, well, so talk to me about that because I have this this hope that that not only are you going to 
get me to the end of the road successful, but you're going to work me through these things and you're going to change me and make me into what you wanted me to be all along. So if I'm not seeing that in my life, then show me why. So he says, uh, verse 7, As you also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love and the Spirit. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. I keep waiting for there to be a period, and there's not, there's not a period. Uh, so I wanted to go back to verse 9. Um, because he says that that he's that he's praying for these believers to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Uh, so this word knowledge is an interesting word, um, and it means more or less what you would think it would mean, but it has to do with a a full recognition and understanding of the subject at hand. So, um, you know, you can uh, you can acknowledge someone giving you instructions, and you're listening and paying attention, and and you probably only got part of it, and uh, that that's not the that's not this kind of knowledge. That's that's you know, this is something where okay, so I I, I listen to the instructions. And I set out to do the thing, and then by experience I learned that, okay, you need to do this this way and this this way. I'm like that when I sit down to play a board game. So if you sit down to play a board game with me, you're going to read me the instructions, and I'm going to kind of, my eyes are just going to glaze over, and I'm going to nod, and I'm not going to get any of it. And then I'm going to be like, okay, just deal me some cards. And then... And then you're going to kind of walk me through it, and then I will actually understand it, and then I will figure it out, and then I will crush you. But <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'm just kidding. I could say that because Mike is not here. I grew up with Mike, and I think I have—I don't think I've ever beaten Mike at anything. So anyway, um, let's see. Well, I did beat him at this football game on the PlayStation back in the day, but that was about it. Um, that was my my payback for all those years of getting destroyed. Grew up playing Monopoly with Mike, and every time I thought I had him, he would have like this little five hundred dollar bill under the board, and he would pull it out. <clears throat> okay, you know we we'd go around the board and we'd collect all the all the properties and stuff, and then you know eventually it's like the game just kind of reaches this standstill. It's like you have to do something. So then you start wheeling and dealing with the properties. And no matter how carefully I welt and dealt, I always ended up, if that's a word, with the... I, I could even end up on the better end of the deal and still he would crush me every time. 
So, okay, whatever. But but it's so instructions. You know, we we learn to follow instructions, or I mean, we we get these instructions. Sometimes we don't always get it, and you know, as we you know we learn through experience. Some people more than others. Some people are like book learning kind of people. And some people kind of have to dive in there and just do it. I'm kind of somewhere in between. But I, I think you really, you don't really have a real full knowledge of what you're doing until you jump out there and do it. When I, I worked at Papa John's for like a month and a half when I, in high school. And the guy like walked me through this whole thing of here's what you do when somebody calls and they want to order a pizza. And I'm like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yep, yep, mm-hmm, yep, yep, like, I'm like 16. And uh, like, you got it? I'm like, yes. He's like, all right, do it. And just, I mean, literally just put his hand on the counter and started drumming his fingers. He's like, do it. I was like, oh. He meant, did I actually get it? Okay. <laughs> all right. But but that it was really wise because then he could watch me do it. He's like, nope, you need to do this. Nope, nope, you forgot this part, you know, and so that's a it's a great way to learn. But so Paul's talking here about being filled with this knowledge of his will, knowledge of the will of God, a full recognition of what the will of God is and understanding it uh, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So so understanding his per- purpose, having this knowledge of what what is the purpose of God, um, you know, what's the purpose of God as a whole, what's the purpose of God for my life? That's always the big question mark. You know, it's like it's it's easier to figure out. Well, this is the the will of God as a whole. It's like He's desires that none would perish, and He wants us to, uh, you know, He wants the sheep to go out and have more sheep, as it were, and and all that. Uh, sometimes it's the what does God want me personally to do that that becomes kind of the the big fuzzy question mark. But that's where, of course, we we can draw near to Him because Paul's not saying here. Let me spell out for you. Here's what God wants you to do. Uh, he said, I'm I'm praying for you that you'll be filled with the knowledge of His will, the knowledge of His purpose for you, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you might walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing and be fruitful in every good work. You know, the interesting thing about, you know, you can put a lot of effort into something that's really not accomplishing anything. You can really try hard at something that's really uh, not getting you anywhere. You know, when when we started working with our business coach, um, he uh, he knows that people like me will procrastinate as long as they can possibly put off putting things off, and so he's like, you know, the thing that you have to do is you just have to get this thing done, and he's like, 80% perfect and done is is better than making it absolutely perfect but never ever getting it done. So he's like, here here's the most important things; these things need to get done. The rest of it is all just fluff, so don't spend so much time on that. And uh, because these are the things that are actually going to work for you, this is not so much. And so life is like that. We can really put a lot of effort into, you know, straining at a gnat, like Jesus said to the Pharisees, and and totally miss the the things that God would have us to do. So so we want to. 
you know, we want to be fruitful in the in the that good work that He has for us, and and that comes from just drawing near to Him and finding out what it is, what is it you want me to do, and of course that fruitfulness in your life will come from drawing near to Him because um, you need if you're a plant, you got to get water, you've got to be watered and 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 taken care of and all that stuff and. Um, you know, grass is a great example. The Bible says all flesh is grass. Grass is really finicky. You have to water the heck out of it to keep it alive, or to make it grow, to keep it green. And uh, if you don't, it will just turn brown and die. And if you don't believe me, you should come to my house. And my yard looks like a like looks like something off of Mad Max, but. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, so he says, For this cause, since the day we heard it, we don't cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom, spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. You know, and and the great thing about walking worthy of the Lord to all pleasing is I don't know anybody that it's like, well, I, you know, I'm not so much concerned if God's pleased with me or not. I just, as long as I, as long as I can kind of, you know, get in right before the gate shut and stand at the back, that's fine, you know. Um, you know, I think, you know, uh, if you cared enough to get up early for Sunday school, you probably want God to be happy with you. So, um, and and there's there's something about that that love that that He places on us that you you want Him to be happy with you and you want Him to to, to really get what he's uh, uh, get back from you, what, what he's put, poured into your life. So he says, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, and that's great because it's not your power, because that's the interesting thing. Uh, whenever God starts talking about, you know, getting done the things that he wants done and all that stuff. You know, sometimes he needs somebody that will say something or somebody that will go there or whatever. But um, at the end of the day, it's still his might and his power that gets the stuff done. Because you could talk till you're blue in the face and do and accomplish nothing. And you could uh, you could go in the other room and pray for 30 seconds and and change the entire circumstance. So so it's really his power that does the things. Uh, see, unto all patience and long suffering with joyfulness. We all love that. <laughs> long suffering. That's not really a word we use anymore. Long suffering. But it's, it's a really great word. It's like, I don't know, listening to a, someone drone on about something that you're really not interested in at all. <laughs> and they want to tell you about it in like infinite detail. I've made some people long suffer before. But so, but um, but there, there's nothing like you know. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. But no, we, when you when you are ready for something to be over, you know, no matter what it might be, and you're just going to have to kind of endure it until you get to the end of it. You know, long suffering is is a great word for that. But here he says long suffering with joyfulness, and so that's a, a an extremely valuable thing to have in your life. And and I think I don't think you can really get that without drawing near to him.
uh, giving thanks to the Father which has made us meet or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. I like that He uses the word translated, you know, because um, you know, you know, translating is an interesting thing. You know, you you basically just you take you take this thing and you're you say it the same way, but it's a you're using different words. It's a different language, and it's like you know, God, He He takes these these things about you that make you you, and He and He and He keeps those things, but He translates you from this uh, this carnal realm into the spiritual realm, and some of those things don't carry over well. You know, if you've ever you know, studied other languages and stuff. It's it's interesting to see how things don't translate. Some things just don't, and so there are things in in your carnal mind, things in your flesh that that they don't translate into the spirit, and so those things kind of get lost in translation, as it were. And uh, uh, there's usually some fire and pressure and other things involved there. But the thing about translating is it's really great because there's really you know, not a whole lot of effort between uh, saying cat, that cat or gato. It's about the same thing. It's really pretty easy. But uh, but God translates us, he says, into the kingdom of his dear son. And actually in the Greek it says into the, the son of his love, and, uh, which is precious because he's, because he's talking about making us uh, partakers of, of this inheritance of the saints. And, and so... That takes us right back to the hope. Like, you know, when you have, you know, you have this hope, it's like, man, I, I, I have this, this hope laid up for me that this, uh, that I'm headed towards that makes, you know, whatever is between here and there, um, not so bad. So he says, uh, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, uh, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, Excuse me, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. So, so he's been talking about hope and, and this hope that we have laid up for us, and then he he shifts over into right into talking about the the preeminence of Christ. The the and the uh, if your Bible's like mine, that's the heading here. But um, he talks about uh, how he's above all things, and uh, um, you don't have to go over there with me, but I'm going to go over just briefly to Ephesians 3, and I'm going to come right back. Because he kind of talks about the same thing here. I'm just going to read this little passage, uh, in starting in 3.14. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man. Same kind of stuff we were just reading. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, 
may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. So, um, and I love it because, of course, he's talking about prayer thing again here. He's not talking about you need to do this. He's saying, you know, I'm, I'm praying that this thing will will happen in you. And, and that's how it gets done. You know, we... we uh, there's there's so much of the things that God talks about uh, in the Word that He wants to get done in our life that is things that He's going to do, and He just needs us to let Him do it, and to or to ask Him to do it. Um, it's really interesting how um, even after all these years, I, I have finally begun to see, you know, what what Ron's been saying all along is like we think God is just going to get everything done. Uh, and yet he's made us a part of what he's doing because he wants us to pray. And, 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 and there's things that he wants to get done that he's not going to get done if nobody prays. Which is, I, I'm, it still makes my head swim to even think about that. I don't know, because I'm, I'm the type that's like, okay, if this isn't going to get done, I better dive in there and get it done. Or it's not going to happen. You know, and, um, but, but no, God has given us a, you know, a job to do and, and, and that's uh, and that prayer is, is is really a great deal of it, and everything else that God would have you do is going to grow out from that. But uh, but it's, I, I love how he says in verse 19 that that uh, he kind of culminates this this prayer for them by saying that he wants them to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and be filled with all the fullness of God. So and he uses that same word fullness here in Colossians. Uh, and he said, because he said it pleased the Father that in Christ would all fullness dwell. And the word dwell is, you know, dwell is a good word. I mean, you know, you live, you live in your dwelling, right? Um, but this word is, you know, I don't. The the average American family moves every five to seven years, so um, maybe more often if you're if you're me. But uh, I hope to not do that again for a long time. And uh, but this word. Is, means literally to house permanently. So this is like a, you know, and I, I ask people sometimes. Um, uh, it kind of depends on the project. When I when I go out to bid a paint job, I'm like, so, are you thinking of selling your house in the next, you know, five years or so, or is this your forever house? Like, or is this the like the dream house, the baby house? I'm this. I'm going to be here forever. House. Want to retire here? And because that that's going to be an entirely different conversation I'm going to have with them from there. Um, but uh, uh, so it says here that it pleased the Father that in Christ all the fullness, all that fullness of God, would would house permanently. And and part of the thing that I like so much about that is he just got done talking about us being partakers of the inheritance. And that, and that, uh, that Christ is the the firstborn of every creature, and that He's the the firstborn from the dead, as He said in verse 18. So, when 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 you met Christ and He came to live inside of you, then you were also born from the dead, and so you have this uh, the same 
uh, thing that God is wanting to do in you, to, to have that fullness in you. Because what He wants is for the world to be able to see Him uh, in you. You know, you would, you would think that, uh, like I said, you would think that God would just make sure that everybody sees Him and, and, uh, and that, you know, He would, you know, I don't know. You just, you'd think that he would just kind of snap his fingers and get things done, but but really he he wants the world to see him in you, and and, this, and the, the the things that you do and the way that you live, and and whether you're, and and you're, you'd be surprised how your life impacts people whether you can see it or not, right. and and so that's always uh, that gives me a lot of hope. I can go back to the hope thing because you just never know. How you impact people, and um, and so you know, I I don't think really we'll know until someday on the old golden shore. But so he says, having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things to himself. So again, that's you know we're working right alongside him uh, in that very thing. Uh, by him, whether I, I say whether they be things in earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometimes alienated. An enemy is in your mind by wicked works, yet now has he reconciled. You know, and that's a precious thing because uh, we've all been in those places, whether you know, whether when we were out in the world or even once we, we started um, uh, traveling in the company of the saints that where we had these things where we were alienated and enemies in our mind from God. And uh, and and yet he he reconciles us to him through the things that he did through, through the like he says here in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight it doesn't get any better than that you know if you if you are you know holy and unblameable and unreprovable if no one if if God can't find fault with you. Then that that's the dream, isn't it? That's the thing that that we're all looking for, and and that's the thing that the blood does. And and so, you know, that the blood brings us to that place of of this holy, unblameable, and unreprovable. And the the fire of the Holy Ghost gets rid of these these things in your mind that alienate you from God and that that uh, that uh, that make you enemies in His mind. Or in your mind, because a lot of what that comes from is that cosmic cop mentality of God's not for me, that God's against me. He's just waiting to find something to uh, wrong with me, or He knows there's something wrong with me, and so does everybody else at church, and they're just, you know, they're all just kind of waiting for me to figure it out. Um, but but that's not what not what God does. So he says, uh, yet now is he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight if you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven whereof I, Paul, made a minister. So you have to make up your mind then, right? If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled. So you're still trusting his power to, to get the stuff done, right? We're, we're still strengthening the inner man with, with his glorious power, but 
we also have to decide that this is this is where the road I'm traveling on. This is the you know, this is the kingdom I'm, I'm, that I'm part of. You know, we uh, at the kids' meeting yesterday we watched the uh, the uh, uh, return to the hiding place, and it's really great because this this Nazi officer tries to get this um, the head the president of the student body at this university to. Um, to lead everybody in swearing allegiance to the Nazi party because because he tells him as as the will of the students so goes the will of the nation and um, and so he comes out there with this officer and he's standing there with him on the balcony and uh, and he starts talking along you know and the Nazi officer is like smiling and nodding like yep yep he's doing everything I wanted to do and he's like you know he they've asked us to um, to you know, swear allegiance to uh, uh, Hitler's kingdom here on earth, uh, but my allegiance, and he kind of pauses. He's like, "Is with the kingdom of heaven." And he actually jumps off the balcony and takes off running through the crowd. It was really awesome, <laughs> you know? and uh, so it's super cool. But you have to make up your mind, right? This is the kingdom I belong to, because because the world will do the same thing to you. It's like it would be so much easier if you just did this. But like, you know, actually. You're a troublemaker. You need to do this. You know what the heck is the matter with you? You you know are you that small-minded and bigoted and blah 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 blah? It's like, actually, yeah. Well, you know, I can afford to be small-minded because I'm right, and and I can afford to be bigoted because I'm less bigoted than you are, and I could go on and on and on, but um, yep. so continuing in the faith and grounded and settled. Being not moved away from the hope of the gospel, so here he's talking about hope again. This this confident expectation, and and it, you know of course at first he started out talking about this hope as being, um, you know just just it, at least it kind of leaves you with the impression at first it's like we're just talking about you know making it to heaven someday, but he's getting ready to talk about something a little more that we've already kind of been talking about. He said, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church, whereof I made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which has been hidden from ages and generations, but now is made manifest to his saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So, to Christ in you, then, is that that's that's not so much talking about making heaven, then, or doesn't seem like it to me, because that's more something more immediate. You know, because I don't I don't know about you, but you know, if I'm looking at some kind of long-term plan, that you know, it's it's like I've got this that I'm planning towards, and so I've got this goal in mind, and so I can. You know, the goal is worth dealing with whatever I have to deal with to get between here and there. But there's still that little part of you that says, yeah, but what about right now? It's like, actually, right now I really want a milkshake, you know, and um, or, or whatever, whatever little like, weakness you might have. And uh, um, but he talks about this being the, the hope, this confident expectation of of glory. That, that that Christ would come to live inside of us. So now, so that goes back to that being strengthened with might in the inner man, because because 
you have this his seed in you, this champion seed, and, and that that's going to get these things done in your life. And and it it ceases to be about you doing the things. Uh, and and this word uh, glory is an interesting word. That's uh, the Greek word doxa. And um, and it and it, it basically just means um, you know praise or glory. Uh, it's actually uh, equivalent to the Hebrew word shekinah. Uh, and the the word that it used uh, for the uh, the presence of God in uh, in the Old Testament. And uh, and so so that that would be that fullness then that he was talking about that that in in him should all fullness dwell and then that fullness then comes to live inside of you and so as as we go along part of this this hope of glory this this hope of the gospel is that over time there's going to be less and less of of me in there and more and more of him in there so that more of that fullness. Uh, it becomes what I am. Uh, let's see. The hope of glory, whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. And I like that he, he talks about this hope of glory, and then he says, whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we might present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Um you know, there's so many things in life that we we go along trying to figure it out, and 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 then you talk to somebody that has kind of already figured this out, and they know how to do it really well, and they're like, well, actually, here's how you do this, and it makes life so much easier. You're like, oh wow, I, w- I wish I would have learned how to do it that way to begin with. That would have been so much easier. And so. And so they're they're warning every man and teaching every man here that, well, yeah, you could try and just do this all on your own. You could try and just pull yourself up by your bootstraps and 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 you know you could make sure you got a fish on the back of your car and and you know tell everybody about Jesus that you meet uh, and just really do your best to be a good person, or you could partake in this this hope. Of the gospel that that Christ is going to come into you and He's going to change you, He's going to make you what you want to be. All you have to do is surrender to Him. All you have to do is obey Him, and then that is how this stuff is going to get done in your life. But I like that He uses the word warning because you can you can put a whole lot of effort into living like a Christian that is completely worthless, that that has no value, and uh, because it's all just things that are flesh things, and so um, uh, none of you in here seem old enough to have ever driven a car without power steering. But if you have ever driven a car without power steering, it's challenging. Mike used to have like a 1958 Plymouth Belvedere. It was this big tank with like the wings on the back and stuff. It did not have power brakes, it did not have power steering, and it did not have seat belts. And we used to go cruising around on the back roads and all the dirt roads and stuff in that thing in high school. And uh, uh, actually, Mike got pretty good at like fishtailing around corners in it, which is no mean feat without power steering. You know, it's pretty awesome. But... Uh, 
you know, it's 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 kind of the same thing though. You know, I mean, it's like now we've got cars with like you know fuel injection and power steering, and and it makes driving a whole lot easier. It's kind of the same thing. You know, you can you can get where you're going a whole lot easier with a whole lot less effort when 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 you've got him living inside of you doing the stuff when and instead of um, just you know grunting and straining along under the, the 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 power of your own effort so um so i like that he he uses that word hope all through that chapter you know and and he and he like i said to me it seems like he starts out talking about this hope as being something that's kind of distant and then uh, as the as the chapter goes on he keeps bringing this hope thing back up until it's something Far more immediate and, and far more uh, far more intimate than than just I'm going to make it to heaven someday. So, uh, because yes, we get all this in heaven too, but having that hope of of glory of of His fullness and His presence and His power living in us makes makes the journey a whole lot more uh, blessed. Makes it a lot easier. Makes it a lot more uh, peaceful. Jesus, we just thank you for your word to us. We thank you for the the hope that you have laid up for us, that the the hope, uh, God of the that we can lay our treasures up in heaven, God, and the the hope not just that bright hope for tomorrow, God, but the hope for today, God, that that you're going to get done in in me uh, what you want done, God, as I surrender to you and let you do those things. And God, I just pray that you would do these. Uh, things in every single one of us. God, and get done in us uh, what you have uh, decreed from the beginning. God, that you would accomplish your purpose in us. God, and that in us would would dwell all that fullness of God. And that we would know the, the love of God, which passes all knowledge. God, we just pray it and ask it in your righteous name. God, not today in this place, you know every need in every heart. And we just pray that you would accomplish those things in us. God, you know the the, the needs that we have and only you can meet them. God, and we just pray for that refreshing uh, of your presence today, God, as only you can. In your name we pray. Amen.